Good morning, um, everyone. Thanks for joining us for the next episode. This is episode number four of the BRM APAC Brownback session. Today, I'm extremely delighted to join um, uh, Beatrice from uh, Singapore. Uh, thanks, Beatrice, for joining uh, in the uh, morning hours. Uh, how are you doing today? Ah, thank you. Thank you, Suresh, for uh, having me uh, for this uh, podcast. Uh, I'm actually very good. Very good. It's Friday, so <laughs> getting uh, closer to the weekend, it's always yeah. good. <laughs> it's always good to do that. So, so Vitris, for our viewers uh, who are part of the uh, Asia-Pacific uh, podcast, can you please introduce yourself and, and tell us what you've been doing? I know you've been doing the BRM as a practicing BRM over five years now. Uh, give us a general introduction because you've moved places. So it'd be yes. great to know about uh, what you've been doing off late. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, so brief introduction about myself. Uh, so my name is Beatrice. I'm actually based in Singapore. Um, as you can see, as you can imagine, I originally came from somewhere else. Um, originally from France. Uh, I moved to Singapore a year ago, and um, I actually I have been working for. Uh, an industrial company for a number of years now. Um, my, my company is called Givaudan. It's a, it's a B2B company that uh, makes a fragrance and flavors for uh, big consumer companies. And I've been uh, officially a BRM for a little bit over five years now, even though I have worked uh, in the field for a little bit longer than this, uh, working on building relationship with uh, business stakeholders. Um, so I'm actually delighted to be on the podcast today to share a little bit of my experience, if I can say. Um, so, so actually, I came to Singapore a year ago to really build this uh, BRM capability or at least to enhance this BRM uh, capability in the region, working very closely with my business stakeholders uh, and making the link with the IT community, because I am actually a BRM for IT with mm -hmm. my company. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing that now for a year, a little bit over a year with the regional stakeholders of my company. Um, and uh, I've been, the journey so far has been very interesting on this topic. Uh, as I said before, I started in Europe. I could see a little bit the, the difference in the positioning of this BRM uh, practice in a different region. Mm -hmm. um, I first was introduced to the concept in the US, actually, so right. that was interesting. Um, and to see how this moved into Europe and now into Asia. Yeah. And you can really see it picking up uh, in the different different places. Excellent. So um, uh, for just viewers, Beatrice is also one of the certified business relationship management practitioners. So thanks to that. Uh, and do you see, um, you've been also, uh, you have been a practicing BRM and you've got yourself certified on BRMP, which is the first level of course, which is business relationship management professional and also CBRM. Do you see a value for practicing BRMs to be also getting certified? What's your take on um, those certifications, because that's one of the common uh, questions we get bombarded. I'm practicing BRM. Why do I need to get a certificate? So what would be your perception with what the BRM Institute offers as part of yeah. these certifications? Uh, that's actually a very good, uh, very good question. Um, so 
my uh, my take on this is, as I was saying before, I got introduced to this this concept of BRM BRM Institute, actually in the U.S. more than six or seven years ago. I had the chance at that time to meet with uh, Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, he actually came into my company for a workshop uh, with my uh, management where we discussed about opportunities. Right. That's how I started to get introduced to the concept. Right. Then um, back in, uh, in France, when I started to really take on the role, I thought, look, I, I need to know more about BRM. I would like to have a common uh, language that I could reuse. And even though BRM, in a sense, is more about relationship management, there was, uh, I was a need, I was in need for some structure, you know, some uh, best practices, like know what's happening elsewhere. And that's why I turned to BRM uh, P at that time, just to acquire the, some knowledge, some, some common, um, I would say verbatim that I could share with other people doing the same thing. Um, And so that's what I did uh, four years ago. And then last year when I arrived in uh, Singapore, because we want to bring that to the next level in my company, I thought, look, now I need to know how I will be able to share this with my fellow BRM in my company. Right. Uh, and that's why I decided to embark on the journey of the CBRM. So to go the next, uh, the next mile, if I can say. So right. it, uh, for me, it's really about uh, getting to know what is happening elsewhere. What are the other things happening? Right. Uh, and that's why when I was in Europe and also here, I was looking to have this kind of community uh, build up around BRM yeah. so that we could share what is happening. I had sure. that in France and I was looking for the same thing here. Yeah, I think it's uh, very important that you mentioned that, you know, sometimes you need to share your uh, experience with your fellow practitioners within the region. And, and it's also very localized, right? I mean, you cannot compare what is was practiced in France versus uh, specific in Singapore because culturally they are way different. So their ability to for an appetite as well as the ability to accommodate to certain things is a, a little uh, things to do that. So in your experience, do you see people being more tactical BRMs or if they are more tactical BRMs, what would be you, uh, what would be your suggestions to move towards a strategic BRM? I know it's a long journey, but what would be some of your experience of moving from a tactical to a strategic uh, layer? in terms of a conversations and getting the trust of the business. Yeah. So um, I think there are, there are, there are different uh, dimension to, to this question. The first one, I think at a very personal uh, level, like as a BRM, first of all, you need to have, to have the, the right mindset. Right. Uh, you need, obviously, I would say the, the other phase of the equation is you need to make sure that your stakeholders can see you this way. Yeah. And I remember vividly the discussion I had with uh, Vaughn uh, during this workshop seven years ago where he said, the problem is that it's very often difficult to move away from a tactical to a strategic uh, BRM role uh, in the eyes of your counterparts. Maybe you are willing to take this journey, but maybe on the other side, it's going to be difficult to, 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 to change. But you know, it's like as everything when you abort the, the change management aspect is that you have to really put a lot of energy into it in order to make it change. Right. But I, I strongly believe it's possible. The first thing is that you have to move away from being the the fixer of the immediate issues. If you want to be strategic, yeah. assuming you have a strong team of IT, in my case, IT, that is really delivering on what they're supposed to be delivering, then I can move to the more strategic discussion. Right. Assuming everything else works, uh, you can move away. That's one, one way. Then sometimes not everything works, 
but you have to make it clear to your stakeholders what you're going to bring in the discussion. The, the thing for me in order to build the trust, it's you have to, to say what you do, to so be transparent and follow up on what you're doing. And, 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 and do what you say, right? Yeah. You, you say what you do and you do what you say. Sure. That's the only way for me to make sure that you build the trust and it, it comes, it takes time. And it's a uh, relationship is like everything is you have, you build the trust, you make sure you don't, uh, you don't, uh, you, you keep the trust, which is sometimes a little bit of a challenge and you make sure you explain what is happening. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's better to acknowledge some of the issues that you're facing rather than pretending they are not uh, existing, which in my experience, sometimes in Asia, in Asian cultures, and again, I don't want to make a, a, a like, a, I don't want to say that everybody behaves the, this way. It's not true. But at the end of the day, I think one of the struggle in Asian culture is to acknowledge the fact that sometimes there are some difficulties yeah. uh, because it's seen maybe as a failure, which I, whereas I would say in European culture, we try to build on this. So yeah. I would say that's a bit the challenge. If you want to move from tactical to strategic, you really have to make sure that you move the discussion to the level that you want to achieve. Sure. Uh, but obviously, you take care of the issues that you're facing on a daily basis. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right to do that. So how often do you spend time with your business partners? Uh, how often do you meet them? How do you often do call? Because again, today's world, everybody is a globally distributed team. So what would be your good suggestions if you are a practicing PRM to connect with your business partners? What should be the frequency? What should be the mode of communication? What has really worked? Yeah. Is it very important for people to understand that you know, otherwise they just look at the business partner when they get an engagement or a project? So yeah. what should be the best way to build that trust in relationships? Yeah, very, very good question, actually. I think... Um, First of all, the secret is to know your business stakeholders. You need to know the way they work. You need to know what kind of uh, things is really going to make them connect with you. You're going to have some people that you need to be in their office every every week in order to get the con connection. You need, uh, in some cases, you need just to be there, that they know you're going to be there. If they want to reach out, they will. As a BRM, the thing is that you're going to be the one expected to put energy into building the relationship. So energy, it means that, uh, you need to be connected to know when people like specific stakeholders are visiting your site, for example, uh, to make sure that on that day it happens that you are also in the same location as them and maybe you get a chance to interact. Then you can also have a very formal interaction, which is that on a quarterly basis you have a call, but at the end of the day as a BRM, you are going to be the one initiating the discussion. It yeah. takes a long time for the business stakeholder to remember to invite you or to involve you systematically. Right. So as a BRM, you need to be the one reaching out. You cannot expect them to, to think of you, if I can say. Right. It's going to be up to you to do it. And sometimes I, I was just uh, having a recent workshop with, uh, uh, with a clinical research company. And one of the things that they were asking is, we don't get invited to meetings of the business partners. So how can we... Uh, attend it, uh, and they don't. Uh, they don't involve. Uh, they don't. Uh, it, it doesn't mean to mean that they don't want to get them involved, but they say what is the value for you to attend. So in those cases, what would you suggest these BRMs uh, to be participator of these meetings? Because uh, it's a kind of a, you know they've been doing it for so long. Uh, can I attend it? Should they invite it? Should I wait and watch? What would be yeah. your experience to do? So first of all, the first thing, and I think because we have had this company, this question in my company, the end game is not to be invited to the meeting as a permanent member. 
Right. The seat as the table, this is not what brings value to the business. Right. The, the, what is going to bring value and make sure that you are invited the next time is that whenever you go to these kind of meetings, you actually bring something of value to them. You're not there to explain what you do. You're there to answer one of their requests or one of their demands, even if they don't know about it. That's right. the first thing. Right. Second thing is you have to ask. You have to ask. It's, it's, you have to say, okay, look, I know you have your regional whatever meeting. Please, I want to come to you to tell you about what is happening in the other region because I think it's going to be interesting. Right. And if the content of what you're sharing with them makes sense, you will be invited next time. Sure. But you also have to follow up. Okay, yeah. I know the original meeting is next week. Please invite me. Remember last time we did it. So that's why I think it's, uh, you have to put a lot of energy into it. And that's where sometimes it gets frustrating yeah. uh, for a BRM is that you feel you put a lot of energy and you don't, don't get a lot of return. Right. But sometimes the return is just going to be that, okay, this guy has a question and now he's reaching out to you because he knows that you're going to be able to find the answer. But sure. that takes time. Yeah, and absolutely right. And one of the other principles, one of the things, the problems they are struggling is sometimes in some of the companies, they are very difficult to define the role of a BRM because people think, why is this BRM coming? I mean, all along, we have been doing the job and it has been all working. So why do we need to really have something called as a BRM? So in those cases, how do you explain in your own words, what is the role of a BRM and why is it different from, a, let's say, an engagement manager or a client relationship manager or an account manager? How do you kind of, if it's not formalized, let's say, what would be your thought process to get people thinking about what is the role of a BRM? So for me, for me, the BRM, uh, and it probably existed in different manners in, in, in different companies. The first question is, how does your organization as a, as a whole wants to be perceived by their um, stakeholders? Right. In my company, we took a very strong statement, which is to say, we don't want IT to be a support organization. We want IT to be considered as a partner. Right. That's why, for example, in my company, we are not called BRMs. We are called business partners. That's right. the way we decided. Um, <clears throat> the idea was to say, if we want the business to be able to go the extra mile, they need to see IT as really proposing new things, being proactive, being innovative, etc., etc. And the business partner in this context comes there to make the link between a business strategy and the, the capabilities that we're going to put and we're going to deliver. And the idea at the end of the day is not to say that as a business partner, BRM or business partner, I'm going to be able to answer to everything. Yeah. But I know who in my organization can help you. Um, I would say, especially in, in mid-size or big companies, very often the business organization is complex. Yeah. And probably the IT or the finance or the HR organization are also complex. Yeah. And your top manager of whatever, they don't need to understand exactly who is doing what in the IT. Yeah. The idea there is to say this person, they know that they can contact you and you will help them get the right person for the right discussion. Sure. And that's where you bring value and you become someone that is really important in the equation. Right. No, I think it's a very, uh, very valid suggestion that you've given across. And now, um, when you start the PRM journey, I mean, I know you've talked about a lot of challenges. What are some of the common challenges that you've seen? And how do you overcome that? Because uh, we did talk about, you know, <clears throat> you into V into FS, the first thing should be greater than resistance. But a lot of resistance and stumbling blocks when you embark on a journey of BRM. So what are some of the challenges that you see and what would be your advice to, uh, you know, overcome that bottlenecks if you're starting on a BRM journey? 
So there are, I, I think, in my opinion, there are a few a few pitfalls, and I think that's that's really what when you look at the methodology, the BRM Institute uh, advice, you really really recognize it as happening to you. Yes. First of all, is the it's, it's becoming the doer. Uh, so I, I go in a meeting and then all of a sudden the, the, I don't know, the phone doesn't work or projector doesn't work or the computer doesn't work, whatever. Uh, oh yeah, we have an IT person there. She can fit. Uh, yeah. So first thing is because I want to I, I position myself as strategic, even if I know how to do it, I will not do it. And yeah. just to explain why, it's a, it's a strong position statement, but it's to say we have other people of which this is the job on a daily basis to fix these kind of issues. Yeah. And if I don't want to become the, you know, the Swiss army knife every time I go in a meeting, it's not my job. I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to find the right person. Sure. So that's the value I bring. First thing. The second thing is um, it's losing track, being overloaded in everything that you have to handle and you not, you don't nourish enough the relationships that you're trying to establish. Right. It's being caught in, in the, uh, having a, a, a trouble, like reconciling your different priorities. I have all of these projects. So I, I was supposed to talk to that person on that day. I don't have time. So I'm going to do it later. Right. The thing is that if you say that you're going to be doing something for one of your stakeholders, you really have to do it and, and try. And at the end of the day, it's about making sure that you're doing the things which are necessary. Yeah. Uh, don't lose yourself into the details. Yeah. And the second, and the last thing is that you have to make sure that your counterpart or your stakeholders or the people you, know, you interact with, they know what you're here, what you're going to bring to the table yeah. so that they would not be disappointed or they, they manage expectations, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and the other one that was interesting to ask for people was, how is a BRM perceived in terms of the metrics? What would be your key <laughs> performance indicators? Because everybody wants to have a silver bullet to say, yeah. okay, this is what a BRM is going to be measured. So how would you, what kind of metrics would you kind of resonate with if you want to measure the performance of a BRM? Like could be a tactical level, could be a strategic. How, do, how does an organization today measure those metrics? <sighs> I would say if one day you get the answer to this question, please share with me. Uh, I'm going to just share what we, what we are doing, what we're using the other way. Um, at the end of the day, it's about, it's, it's more qualitative and, and perception than really quantitative, quantitative uh, measures. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what's really going to make a difference is the perception that the business has yeah. of what we are doing as an organization. Correct. So it's, it could be related to the individual, of course, but it's also related to the organization. And what we're doing in my company, and I, I, I saw a lot of companies doing this, is at least once a year, we have this kind of uh, interview satisfaction survey. Yeah. And actually, it's not a survey, it's interviews. Yeah. So we go to our main stakeholders and we ask them a series of questions regarding what they think IT is doing, what are the points on which uh, they think we should improve, uh, it being on the project or it being on innovation or it being on daily life. Yeah. And using this, we are able to see if as an organization we are performance mm -hmm. and as BRMs, we are actually playing our role of um, uh, being the, 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 like changing the image of the organization as a whole towards the rest of the business. That's one way. The other way is, and this one can be quantitative is we try to measure the number of interactions that we have with our stakeholders. Mm -hmm. uh, so we ask the VRMs to list on a quarterly basis. Did they have calls? Did they have mails? Did they have, but this is very subjective because it yeah. depends on the person that you talk to. There are yeah. some people today, I have one interaction every quarter, but that's enough. Yeah. And some I will have one interaction every week and it's not going to be enough. Right. So that's why I say quantitative measure makes sense, but you have to 
put a little bit of intelligence into it. It's not strictly a KPI or a measure. No, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right to do that. And we could even use the BRM maturity model to look at whether we are an order taker or a trusted advisor to just get the feeler of the overall experience of the business yeah. dealing with the BRM. My last question would be um, in terms of community of interest. You're a big fan of promoting people to join a community and, and build a community. So we are kind of getting involved within an APAC community to see some traction around growing the awareness of business relationship management as a capability um, across uh, Asia Pacific. You know, we have Avinash uh, from India. We have uh, Malini from uh, Australia. So we are all trying to do a bit uh, to grow this uh, community. So what would be your thoughts towards uh, why this would be important, how people in uh, the region can uh, be participative in uh, such a community of interest? Yeah. So um, I, I would say, so I'm a, I'm a strong believer that having a community of interest like this between people doing somewhat of the same job, whereas at the end of the day, when you look at the detail, it might be a little bit different, is very good because then you can really exchange, you can share, you get some ideas in terms of what you could put in place in your own uh, area of, of, uh, of responsibility. Um, and if I can share this, my experience when I was in Europe, in France, actually, I joined a community in based in Paris, uh, based actually in France, but mostly in Paris. And we really benefited from this group by having the possibility to exchange between us, but also to get uh, one of us invited in other companies' workshops on the same uh, question, on the same, uh, like, let's imagine I would have a meeting with my BRM in my company. I would invite someone else from the outside to come and share their experience. And this has proven to be very, very interesting for the people uh, within my company because then they can see what is happening elsewhere. Sure. And then you feel a bit less... Uh, lonely. Uh, I would say if you want to make a parallel, you see the PM, uh, the project management uh, industry, they are doing the same things. At the end of the day, very often, especially when you feel a bit lonely in your company, it's nice to have a group of fellow uh, people in other places uh, that you can also fall back on to, to ask questions, get recommendations, share ideas. Obviously, we are we, we keep confidentiality of our specific uh, uh, case, but at least you know that you're not the only one, and you can get some very good ideas from the others. Yeah. So I really like uh, like like this kind of community for this. Yeah. I think that's uh, 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 thanks for highlighting that, and that's one of the reasons we are having in the online campus an Asia Pacific community of interest. But we want to go beyond just the online campus because there are a lot of people who are not part of BRM Institute members. But they do not know. So we can have an offline meeting, catch-ups, kind of yeah. conversations to do that and um, get some more uh, part to do that part. I mean, it's a, such a delight, Beatrice, to talk f with you for so long. I mean, I, I would say we can talk for an entire day. Yes, and yes, that's the problem. Time is pretty <laughs> limited, but I definitely thank all your insights and, and stuff as what you have been doing and what you've been sharing with us. And I think it's it's a great uh, experience for all our viewers and hope we can get some inspiration from what you talked about and see how we can support each other and take this forward. Thanks a lot again for joining with us and we hope uh, we can see you again in Singapore and uh, have the conversations going. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and have a good day. Have a good weekend. <laughs> Thanks and same to you as well. Yeah.